welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. So uh, there's a lovely story about... um, that time, just after the Second World War, you probably remember that they removed the signs from lots of villages and towns in the country areas around here uh, during the Second World War, so that if we were invaded, the enemy wouldn't be able to find their way around. And obviously, um, this is long before GPS systems and all of that, and I think you can agree it would be quite confusing. And um, a family were out for a, a, a nice drive in the country, and they got hopelessly lost. And so they uh, pulled over when they found a farmer leaning against a gate, chewing a straw, asked for directions. And the farmer thought for a while, and he said, right, what you want to do is go uh, left here and then up to the top. No, 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 go straight on. And no, no, go right. And then after a while, he went quiet and said, no, you can't get there from here. (laughs) And that is what is being said to the church in this country. You can't get there from here. You've had your day. We are dreaming of uh, some of the great things God has done in the past happening again in our time. We're dreaming of thousands returning to Jesus. We're dreaming of marriages holding together. We're dreaming of children being raised in the ways of Jesus so they don't have to go through some of the pain and the brokenness of other ways of life. We're dreaming of addressing problems of social justice. We're dreaming of breaking human trafficking rings. I could go on and on. We have this big dream of the kingdom of God come and people say that was for the past but you can no longer get there from here and we know that actually you can get anywhere from anywhere if you know the way. Amen? And we know the way. We know the way. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is true and relevant in every age. And best of all, he is with us. And Vision Sunday is that moment in the year when we pause and take stock and take our bearings. We look back at where we've been over the last year, and we give thanks to God for all that he's done. And I'd really want to encourage you to read those beautiful um, thank you brochures that you've all been given. A lot of hard work's gone into compiling the impact report, the statistics, the stories in there, and it will encourage you. But as well as looking back, we look forwards at this time of year. And uh, we, we ask, what's God saying to us for the coming year? And our process is very, very simple. We first of all ask, what is God saying to us? Then we ask, what do we practically need to do to obey? And then once we've costed it up in time and money and strategies, I come to you and say, this is what we think God is saying. This is what it's going to take. Are you up for it? And if you are, uh, then we invite you to, to give yourselves, to give your prayers, to give your time, to give your money afresh to this vision. And uh, this isn't just something I cook up sort of on the back of an envelope on Saturday night. This has been a long process over months uh, in the church with prayer and fasting and listening to God, the eldership team, the trustees team, the uh, family business meeting, many of you emailing me with prophecies and 
and pictures and, uh, and uh, a sense of what you have from the Lord. And we've had Julian Adams, an extraordinary pro- prophet, came and joined us in November and brought us words that have shaped what we sense God's saying for the coming year. So it's trying to draw all of that together and then go somewhere with it. And I do want to say... Uh, the, the, the process of going from what does God, is God saying to how are we practically going to do it is a very practical process. And Nikki Kuzak and the operational team are, have just done the most phenomenal job. That's when it starts to be about budgeting and making plans and deploying people uh, in order to try and build structures and systems and processes that can serve the movement of the spirit. And uh, Nikki, uh, Nikki, Nikki, I think her and the whole operational team, let's just give them uh, a... a, a Uh, express our appreciation because they're amazing all they do and the trustees as well and what we try and do is to make it memorable every year we sort of um we, we come up with an inanimate object that sort of represents what we sense God saying. So in 2015, we had the year of the nets. Mike Andrea brought us this prophecy. He said, there's a big harvest coming, and you need to strengthen your nets if you're going to contain it. And so we thought, how do we do that? And we realized we need to strengthen things operationally and pastorally, and that was the year uh, that we brought Bill and Nikki in to uh, bring leadership in those areas. We also moved into the founder's studio uh, because we realized we're going to need space for this. And I'm so glad that God spoke and we obeyed because at the end of the year, we looked around and found out the church had grown by 25% that year. And if we hadn't responded, I think the nets might have broken. 2016 was the year of the rescue boat. Two different people in the church had the same extraordinary dream, which was of a, uh, um, a, a boat, a rescue boat being pulled through the streets, and everyone applauding whilst people were drowning in the water. And we sensed God saying, don't get complacent. Focus your planning, your prayers, your resources outwards on the poor and the lost. And so we made some very spe- specific uh, plans about how we could do that and how we could turn more of our resources outwards. And again, I'm so glad we did that because at the end of the year, we did some number crunching and found out that 12% of this church in that year had, were new to faith. 12%. Incredible. Some people say, oh, you're just growing through people transferring from other churches. But actually, people are coming to know Jesus. And there are the people, of course, moving to the area and saying, we want to be rooted in a community where we can flourish and our kids can flourish. And we're grateful. We love that. But people coming to know Jesus, we step through that open uh, door uh, to, uh, as we, sorry, as we launch that boat together. I've, I've gone ahead of myself. 2017 was the year of uh, the open door, as you all know, uh, not least because it's on an enormous screen behind me. And so we, 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 we sense God saying, I've placed before you a door uh, that no man can shut, that we needed to step through that door. And it was a door of, again, engagement missionally and with the poor. And so that was the year that we um, uh, sent the team uh, to Ibiza, uh, led by Dave and Liz Slynn. And I, I, can, I want to stand before you today and say, because of your generosity, those of you who are here then, because of your prayers, your giving, because of particularly the team who went. There are people today in a place that the Daily Mail called Sodom and Gomorrah who know Jesus, have been baptized into the family of God that would not have been if we hadn't gone. What's more, there is a church meeting today in San Antonio that uh, wouldn't be meeting 
if it wasn't for us seeking to step through that particular open door. Dave and Liz will be coming back, I think, next week it is, and we are just so grateful to them for all that they have led and pioneered and established over those last two years. We also uh, realized there was a big, fat, open door into Woking. We didn't want to just get bigger and bigger and bigger here, but we sensed the Lord calling us to be a church-planting church, to be multiple congregations, different expressions of the one family. And uh, so we planted into Woking that year with Josh and Emma Heather heading that up. And it's just extraordinary what has happened. As a result, Josh tells me, that in the 18 months since we planted into Woking, the great cost to this congregation, that church plant, I was just there, has grown by more than 200%. I mean, it's just, they had to move to a new venue. They're now, you know, almost filling that venue. People are being released into new ministries. It's just bursting with life. If you ever wanted uh, an argument for the importance of church planting, just go along to Woking and realize. And you know, uh, last year we did Vision Sunday. We got everyone together here. And this year they said, do you know, the trouble is we can't get all our people to come to Guildford. But if we could just, you could come do Vision Sunday and Woking will have a higher turnout. That again is evidence why church planting works. We don't want just people in four-wheel drives to come here all the time. We have got to go to them. Jesus didn't sit in heaven and say, come and join me in the jacuzzi. He came and he lived amongst us and he paid a great price. And so we believe in going and sending and planting and multiplying and diversifying and raising up leaders and dressing the body of Christ in some new clothes and sending the body of Christ to live at some new addresses. Amen? I mean, that's amazing growth, amazing blessing over the last year. I'm so glad we stepped through that open door. And we also stepped through an open door of engagement with the marginalized and the poor and the broken. Eric and Rebecca Jesperson came on staff that year to head up the whole realm of social transformation. And they do a phenomenal job. Eric told me that 5,100 hours of volunteer time was given by this church to the Lighthouse, which is a a whole family of different social transformation projects. 5,100 hours given by you guys over the last year. That is incredible. It's the equivalent of three full-time staff members which would cost seventy to eighty thousand pounds, and and so some of you are thinking, well, I haven't got a lot of money to give, but maybe you've got time to give. If you can just give a one or two hours a week, don't minimise how valuable, how precious that is. Some of you are, 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 you know, are cash poor but time rich. Others of you, honestly, are probably a bit time poor but cash uh, rich. And uh, if that's your situation, I have suggestions for you as well. Uh, you know, if you're leaving the house at 6 a.m., not getting back till 7 p.m., maybe it's because you have got a, a good job that pays well. Can I suggest you, God has given that to you, not just because you are an absolute genius, and not just because he wants you to have a slightly nicer house and, and to spend more at Ikea, or no, sorry, forbid the thought, loaf, <laughs> and, and, and go on slightly nicer holidays. Those things are all good. Genuinely, God wants to bless you. 
But can I suggest that he has given you resources in order to pour them into something eternal. You are part of something here that is changing lives, that is fighting injustice, that is preaching the gospel, that is forgiving and loving and binding up broken hearts. You wouldn't believe how much time someone like Bill spends in the week just caring for people and pastoring people. You may not be able to do that. You may be very busy somewhere else, but give your money and we will put it to good use for the glory of God. Amen? So give what you can give, whether it's time or money. And uh, then last year, of course, was the year of the spade. The year of digging in. I was terrified about coming and sharing that one. I thought this is literally, if we were to choose any boring object in the world, we've chosen it. I, I'm not announcing anything exciting. It's not, you know, some great new church plant into Ibiza. Woo, boop, boop. You know, it, it's like a spade. But actually, it resonated with people. I think people said, that's what we're sensing from God too. This call to go deeper in prayer, deeper in our relationship with him, deeper in fellowship. And you were incredibly generous. As you just saw on the Look Back video, at the start of last year, 27% of the households in this church were giving regularly. As a result of the way that you responded this time last year, that grew, uh, we're now 42% of households. That is a game changer, that level of buy-in, literal buy-in. But can I just say as well, though, that it's still less than half the church that is giving regularly. I mean, households is paying for the majority. And I, I would just love it if after today we could have gone past that tipping point and have more than half the church saying, we're committed to this, we're behind this, we want to put our money where our mouth is, we're going to stick it to Brexit, because ultimately we don't trust in Theresa May, we trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, whoever you vote for, that's a good deal right there. And, and, and I'd love to see that, uh, that change. It's been amazing all that's happened. As a response to your giving last year and this call to dig deep, the year of the spade, we brought Jill Weber in from Canada, and she has just been off the charts brilliant. I know many of you have spent time with her, talking with her, praying uh, with her. She heads up spiritual transformation for the church. There have been 795 hours of 24-7 prayer, 16 prayer clinics, six kingdom come prayer and worship nights. I could go on. Something wonderful happening in the realm of prayer and worship as we dig deeper. And of course, we've dug deeper too, not just as it were into God in some isolated way, but into community and discipleships and relationships together over this year. And so, again, it's amazing. We've seen a 15% increase in the number of people in collectives. Now, you may think, well, great. But that's a big deal because collectives are the context as the church grows that we find our small family, our smaller community, that when we hit hard times, we get supported and encouraged. When we go off the rails, we get challenged and brought back into line. When we need encouragement, we get encouragement. When we need prayer, we receive prayer. When we need practical support, we get that. It's our context for discipleship. So 15% growth in that area over this last year. We've also been able to invest into students. This is one of the great student cities in the country. Surrey is always in the top 10. 
And then on top of that, we've got the ACM, of course, we've got Guildford School of Acting, all sorts of other uh, student bodies. And we realize this is a mission field. So it's been really wonderful to bring Mike Strong on over the last year. That really is his name, in order to head up our work with students. And we now that's growing well. Uh, we've got 50 students who are regularly gathering, being discipled in the ways of Jesus, helped to share their faith with their friends. We've also this year invested into youth and children. There are now 306 under 18-year-olds in Emmaus. And yes, it is specific because every one of them actually really does count, and we really do have to make sure we don't lose the odd one. And <laughs> And 306 is a lot. I mean, Sammy and I have two kids, and that's a lot. <laughs> Times I think it might be one too many, but I can't decide, you know. <laughs> 306 is a lot. And the team, led by Matt Davis, do such a phenomenal job. But this year, we've taken on uh, Sam Ray and, more recently, Jazz Jones to serve there. And we, one of the things we want to do with some of your giving today is we want to take on another youth pastor for Guildford. We've done a full review of our youth and children's work this year. And please, parents, we know we often get it wrong. Keep telling us how we can get better at this. There's nothing that matters more than the discipleship of our young people. They are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And we want to see them filled with the Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, sharing their faith, trusting Jesus, growing in a relationship with Him, being protected from falling into some of the brokenness and the pain that you do fall into if you don't follow Jesus through your teenage years. And so um, that has been a joy this year. We've also thrown 103 parties. And as you saw on the video, we helped launch a new festival. We took over 300 people uh, to wildfires. And uh, we're, we're, we've already got several hundred people signed in for this year. The early bird ticket rate for wildfires ends this time next week. So you've now got a week to get the cheap, cheaper tickets. Uh, for wildfires and I really want to encourage you to come because I guarantee that if you come you're going to grow in two ways you're going to grow in your relationship with God and you're going to grow in your friendships with others in the church what price do you put on that three days and one of them is a bank holiday so it's only two days off work and it's half term three days and I want to go as far as this and I haven't run this past Nikki but um if you come to Wildfires this year and afterwards email me and say, Pete, I didn't grow my relationship with God and I didn't grow in friendships with other people, we will give you your money back, okay? <laughs> this is, this is, a, this is a, 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 you know, a money back guarantee. We'll work that out, won't we? I'm that confident. <laughs> the arched eyebrow. <clears throat> no, I'm that confident because... because God is going to, the, the, the people we've got coming to speak, the, 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 the worship, some of the stories we want to share, it's just a brilliant investment of time. And if you're saying we can't afford to come, we have all sorts of ways of getting you there. Don't let money stop you being there. You come and volunteer on a team. Uh, there's loads of ways that we need help with serving. Uh, there are bursaries available. We just want everyone to be uh, there this uh, year because if you don't, you will miss out. It's just as simple as that. Uh, so that was an amazing thing. So, year of the spade. Now, what year are we this year? 2019 is going to be the year of 
I'm not going to tell you yet. We're going to look at the Bible, and I want you to see if you can uh, guess. There are a, a few props around the stage that might help you guess as well. But um, this is Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, verses 7 to 8. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Believe that we're heading for a year of drought in the nation. Many of your neighbors are in drought already. Uh, much of society is in all kinds of drought, but I believe the Lord is calling us to bear fruit in a year of drought. And that's going to mean that we will need to keep putting down our roots by the stream, by the water, and bearing fruit. This is the year of the tree, roots and shoots. And I got so excited about this that I said to Nikki, uh, Nikki, can we get a tree for the Yvonne Arnaud Theatre? And she, uh, having an eye for detail, pointed out trees are, 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 are big. And so then, I, well, let's get a modest-sized one. And I said, look, can it be an aspen tree? There's a reason for this. So she said, you know, it costs 50 quid. And I said, let's just go crazy. Let's, let's, let's get it. I, and I, and it, it arrived on Friday, all wrapped up. I was so excited by the arrival. And then we unwrapped it, and I have never been more disappointed in all my life. This is appalling. This, this looks like a bunch of sticks in a pot of mud. And this is meant to be like, in my head, it was going to be covered in leaves, maybe even a few bits of fruit. But the, what is this? And I was very tempted to just pretend it hadn't happened and go and plant this in Stoke Park and just not mention it to any of you. And then I realized it might be better this way. Because I wouldn't be surprised if some of you feel a lot like this. Like, just plant me quietly in a park somewhere and let's pretend this never happened. Like, I'm meant to be this great tree, but I feel like a stick in mud. You look in the mirror, maybe you look at your marriage, you look at your family, and you think, it's not very impressive, is it? But the truth is that when this is planted, it is going to become a great and beautiful tree. It is going to shimmer in the wind. It's one of the things aspen trees do. It is going to multiply. And I believe the word of the Lord to many of us in this year of the tree is that if you feel like this, put down your roots by the stream and you will bear fruit and grow. In fact, you will bear fruit and grow even in a year of drought. If you're just randomly planted up some mountain and when there's drought, you will not bear fruit. But if you're planted by the stream and your roots going down deep enough, even when all around is looking like this, you are going to bear fruit. God wants you to flourish. So this is the year of the tree, and we are going to do both more of the same. We're going to keep putting down roots. The way we did last year is we dug deep. We believe God is 
calling us to continue digging deep, to continue putting down roots into him. He's not blown a whistle and said, that's it, you've done enough prayer now. We sense he's calling us for more of that. Uh, but we also sense that he is calling us to stretch out and to bear fruit and to multiply. So I'm going to get a bit more practical about that in a moment. But the truth is that we are in this season of drought, but God has life for us. Julian Adams, when he was with us in November prophesying, said, don't be surprised if the presence of God overtakes meetings at Emmaus in a way that you have not really uh, been used to, because God is going to do something quite unique with you as a community, because there is an unusual level of hunger in this church. You up for that? God doing something deep and unusual in our midst, something that's a bit disruptive? Well, we need to put down roots. I believe this community is a river for many people. As you root in here, you're going to find that you flourish because life is going to come to you in areas where otherwise you might be dying. I just love the story of uh, what God is doing in our midst. And when I look at the past, I, I, I sort of think, what might happen next? I remember, you know, the, uh, a few of us gathered in a pub not so many years ago, and now what's happening? I don't just get excited about what God has done, but by, wow, if this continues, where might we be uh, heading? I love uh, what's happening with Bob and Tina. Are you here, Bob and Tina? Where are you? They're right in the middle. As I was walking up the steps there after the service this time last week, they accosted me. And some of you will have heard the ongoing story, but they said, let's give you the latest installment. You know that uh, a couple of months ago, Bob was in hospital, very unwell, preparing to have uh, his foot amputated because of a serious infection. And he just said to the nurses, uh, I want to get to church Sunday. I want to get to church. And they didn't believe him. They thought he was going to the pub, but they said, fine. And, and he came in here and received prayer, and something happened. And, and we began to sense something was happening. But standing right there last week, Bob and Tina said, they, there's no, the infection has vanished from my foot. They don't want to cut it off anymore. And he also was getting tumors multiplying in his esophagus. And that's not a great thing. And he said, there's no more tumors. They can't... They, they're not calling it a miracle. They're sending me for, you know, for a second opinion. But it may be that, that, that you know, something is happening. It's pretty amazing. God is doing something in our midst that is beyond uh, just rational explanation. And there does seem to be more and more healings, more and more uh, of the supernatural. Dan Jesperson's uh, knee was just dramatically uh, healed. Fumi's back uh, was uh, healed and so on. Something is happening. So let's keep putting down roots by the stream this year. But there's something else. We believe this year that God is saying it's time to send out fresh uh, shoots and to bear fruit in this season of drought. Sense that God is calling us to pioneer in some ambitious ways, not to back off, not to batten down the hatches because of Brexit or whatever, but to step out and to take our stand. And so let me tell you about one or two of the things we're thinking. 
First of all, we are going to plant a new church in the coming year. And uh, we, we didn't plant one last year. Uh, we planted two the year before. Our aim is to try and plant one a year. And um, we, 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 we don't just, you know, as I said earlier, want to get bigger and bigger in one place. I tell you, if you see what's happening in Woking, you'll be saying, more, Lord. Where do we need to go next? Where are there people who won't come to know you unless we go to them? And so we, 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 if, if the money comes in today, we are planning in the budget to uh, plant uh, a, a new church this year, uh, which, which isn't a cheap thing to do. It's a much better business model, by the way, just to become some mega church in one place. Uh, you you, um, you know, make your costs work much more effectively. But we just believe we've got to go to people and reach them. And if it costs a bit more, it costs Jesus everything. And, um, you know, I, I know you're itching for me to tell you where we're going to plant. <laughs> and there's a surprising number of you that, that email me with the word of the Lord. And you're not, the Lord is, seems to have many opinions. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I check your postcodes after you've heard the word of the Lord, and it's surprising near either you or your mum, you know. But I am so desperate to tell you where, but I can't today. I'm so sorry. Uh, we have three options, and we're, we're still in a process of discernment around it. And as soon as I possibly can, I will. Uh, but um, I just want you to know we are going to do that. Uh, some of you, no doubt, will be part of that plant. It'll be one of the great adventures that you may well go on over the next year. And if it's anything like what we've seen in Woking, it's going to be really, really exciting. And let me just explain why I got so uh, focused on aspen trees. What you see on the screen there is an aspen glade. It's beautiful. Putting down roots by the water. And some of you will know that the thing about aspen trees is that is one organism. It can be up to 1,000 trees in an aspen forest. The root system can be up to 80,000 years old, but it is one root system with many trees. And I believe that's a beautiful picture as we think about putting down roots and sending out shoots of what God is doing amongst us, that he's calling us to put down roots as one, you know, but have many different expressions in different situations, different congregations, different ministries, different outworkings of our core values and the life we're drawing together from God. And um, so uh, I think we're either going to give away or auction this aspen tree later. Apparently, it's not guaranteed to turn into a forest of a thousand in your back garden. I think you're in full control of uh, how many you allow that to become. But um, it's a good picture of our vision for church planting. We feel like, you know, it's totally a great thing for those who are just called to be one oak tree, standing splendid in one place. But we sense God is saying to us, multiply and create many beautiful expressions of this one root system. You know, uh, the Latin uh, name for the aspen tree is Populus tremoloides. It literally means the, the trembling or the quaking aspen. Uh, and that's because of the way when the wind moves and the sun shines, they, they tremble and they glow. Uh, and I believe that as we multiply, as the wind of the Spirit moves, we will tremble. For it's an awesome thing to be caught up in a movement of the Spirit of God. But we will also shine as God's light and glory comes upon us. 
This is the year of the aspen tree. And so we are going to plant another church this year. Um, we're also going to invest into youth work this year. I think I mentioned earlier that we're going to uh, uh, take on a, a new a youth pastor role. Matt Davis is going to start putting some of his time as well into being an associate pastor at Woking, but he is going to backstop the youth work and oversee that uh, still. We also, uh, this year, want to... Um, uh, we're talking with um, Woking Council about uh, really taking on responsibility for the Barnsbury Estate Youth Club, which is struggling uh, on a needy estate. And so we, we're going to put some money into that, and we want to help staff that with volunteers to keep that important youth work going. It's such an amazing relationship developing with local councils. We're finding this actually all around the country. More and more councils are turning to churches and saying, can we ask you to help us because we can't afford anymore to take on all the social provision. One of my friends in the West Country in Yeovil, uh, he told me two days ago that, that the council have said to him, can you take all the youth and children's work provision on, except the stuff we are legally uh, responsible to do, like placing kids into adoption. So the church, more and more, that's not unique. We're seeing more and more that the church is stepping in. Why? Because in a year of drought, we are those rooted by the stream who are able to bear fruit and bring harvest, even in a time of great dryness and difficulty elsewhere. And so another manifestation of that is that we are talking very actively with the council uh, about establishing the lighthouse that is just thriving in Woking, every kind of social provision you can imagine, and planting that, one of those in Guildford too. And Eric and Rebecca Jespers, who are here somewhere, right here, are, are heading that up, meeting with the council. The council is very keen to help us with finding premises uh, so that we can establish something this year, God willing, in uh, Guildford to care for the poor and the broken and the marginalized. Now, another thing that we're going to need to focus on in the coming year is facilities, is buildings. And you, you'll be aware there's been a lot of conversation about this over the years. It's amazing to have grown to the size that we have as a church and still not have, you know, a building as such. We have uh, two facilities that we rent but that we're going to lose in the next few months. One is Founders Studio just across the road here, the rather uh, shabby chic, shall we say, dance studio. And the other is Allen House up in the Allen House grounds. And those facilities are used continually. So losing them is going to be pretty tricky uh, for alpha marriage courses, after school clubs, uh, you name it, plus prayer room, uh, all sorts of things, office space. And so we are in urgent need in the coming year. Our immediate need is to find somewhere as a center for ministry through the week and uh, for, for, for um, administration and all of that. And um, we have a, a couple of options. We are actively pursuing it. It is not easy in this area, and it is not cheap, as you know. One of the options is that um, the, the, the person who owns the founder's studio is trying to sell it. He has uh, planning permission to put an extra story on top of it. Uh, and we're wondering whether maybe we should be the developers of that site, which has the advantage of giving us continuity, keeping this venue, even I know, workable for us because it's part of our campus on Sunday mornings, and um, uh, we would then be able to put another story on top and, and, and really make the whole thing a much, much more user-friendly uh, space. But it's not cheap. We have put in an offer. Uh,
you know, if we get that, it could be very exciting what we could do with that facility as we uh, develop, a, uh, you expand, we knock the carpools through, we have centre there for prayer and social transformation, uh, some kind of a cafe area that can double up for all the different meetings and, you know, marriage course, all those different things, and then uh, some amazing offices on a new top floor overlooking the river there for 24-7 prayer as well as Emmaus. I'm even saying to Simon Jones, could we put a prayer garden on the top? And I don't know if that's possible or not, but uh, we'll see. So maybe this aspen tree has a future after all. So, <laughs> so th there's lots of exciting things we want to do this year as we don't just dig deep, but we spread out and seek to multiply, not just multiply congregations, but also multiply the lighthouse, plant a new one of those. And not just multiply our own church youth work, but moving into a new needy estate to deliver youth work uh, there, and so on and so forth. And, and, and I want to be absolutely clear that what you give today in money and in prayer and in time is not about us trying to build a great church. It is about us trying to bring the good news of Jesus and the family of God to people who are on the margins and broken and don't know him. We're not trying to build something for Christians. We're trying to build things for a world that is in desperate need. And so I just thought that was such a profound image of this church opening its doors, welcoming the just vast numbers of broken and lost and disorientated people and saying, welcome home. That's the kind of church we want to be. Amen? Awesome. Thank you, Natty. That's brilliant. So we're um, just going to draw that uh, together there. Julian Adams said to us, the place where you dwell is too small. This is a season for radical expansion, foundations being laid, new structures are being made. And then he said to us this, get ready. God is about to shift the wineskin because the place where you dwell is too small. You will see acceleration. I feel there is going to be a supernatural grace in the area of financial generosity in this church. And because of the generosity of this church, there will be resource for many, many different contexts. Just get ready. God is going to do some amazing things in this next season. It's exciting, isn't it? Let's pray. Should we uh, just stand together and let's pray? I'd love to just invite you to hold your hands out in front of you. Open your hands. So, way, uh, you know, Jackie Putnam just says, God doesn't want your ability. He wants your availability. Of us just making ourselves available to him afresh. This year of the tree putting down roots sending out fresh shoots. Lord Jesus, we long to be the kind of church that Natty has described, that she saw in her dream. We long to be a church that welcomes the refugee and the marginalized and the broken at great cost, that creates family and home for those who are lost. Lord, we believe you've spoken to us about putting down roots by a river, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst, but we long for so much more. 
Lord, would you take us into new places in our relationship with God, our relationship uh, with all that you have for us. Would you take us, Lord, into new callings and new opportunities this year as we put down roots? And Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless us and use us as we send out shoots, as we seek to multiply all the good things that you're doing to reach even more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this great vision. Thank you for the plan that you've given us. I pray you'd show each one of us how we are to be part of fulfilling and obeying what you've told us to do. Amen.